Um, no, but right now I, I'm really tired of all the negativity that I end up seeing on, you know, online talking to other Flyers fans about this team. Uh, so this is the Orange Line. I'm joined today, uh, not by my co-host Matt Tompkins, uh, but by Kevin Haley. He's he's my brother. Yeah, from the same mother. Yeah, that is true. Um, I am still Dr. PhD, otherwise known as Pat Haley. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm I'm getting real tired of having to talk about this part of the Flyers organization is is bad, or the you know the players aren't doing this, and the team's going blah blah blah. I'm so tired of the negativity. So today, I wanted to talk about some happier moments with the Flyers. That's good. I guess they haven't given us a lot to be happy about recently. No, of late it's been a bit of a struggle, but that's okay because we're going to take a trip down memory lane, I guess. Think about some of the good things that we did. Um, and some of the bad. Yeah, well, I, I mean, mean... In a fond way. Yeah, we can talk about just our favorite moments. That's what we're here to talk about today. The reasons why we love the Flyers. Um, and the first thing I, I could really think of when I uh, I was thinking about this topic was for an individual player's performance. I loved uh, Simone Gagne's run when he came back in the 2010 Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. When he came back in the middle of the series against the Boston Bruins, that awesome uh, reverse 4-0. Uh, help, help sweep it for us. We don't get to the... The finals without him coming back and pushing us past Boston. It was incredible because he came back from... He had a leg injury, I believe, uh, and he ended up averaging over a point a game, which was insane. Not even a point, a goal a game, which is absolutely insane. For the playoffs, for someone that was his age at the time, and for the teams that the Flyers ended up playing. It was quite an impressive performance. I... I don't think anybody expected to see him come back like that, and it was just heartwarming as a fan, and as just not even a flyer fan, but a a hockey fan to see a guy come back and and make an impact that was so spectacular. Oh yeah, definitely, and I mean, it was it was just incredible because the Flyers they they you know reverse four zero the the Bruins, which is. Not a hockey term, but I'm going to coin it anyway. <laughs> they reverse 4-0, the Bruins, winning the series 4-3. They beat the um, the Canadians 4-1 mm-hmm. in, uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals and fell to the Blackhawks 6, I mean, not 6, 4-2 in six games. Yeah, and then, well, and then having lost it on that weakest goal ever through Michael Layton. But yeah. The entire run to the playoffs. I remember in that series against Boston, game six was a home game, and I turned down tickets that were like $25, and I should have just gone. I was like, they're going to lose. Why would I want to go? And I watched it like I should have been there. This sucks. Yeah, I remember that. I think – I can't remember if it was game four or game five, but uh, I was up in Boston for that – week or weekend or something we were up there for megan's graduation yeah megan and is our sister so, yes. um, um and she went to school in boston but 
we we went to I think an Uno's or something, and we were just in the back of the Uno's cheering our heads off as the only Flyers fans uh, watching them win that game. It was pretty great. Oh, it was, it was awesome to just be surrounded like in enemy territory. So that's always been my favorite thing is going to different cities and still wearing like Flyers jerseys and and Philly stuff, just to be like I'll represent. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, uh, Philadelphia, ride or die. Absolutely. One of one of my favorite things that's happened to me was I was in Pittsburgh visiting our other sister who went to college there. Again, it just happened to be during the playoffs, and we were playing Pittsburgh. Uh, so I was wearing a shirt, and I remember I walked into a toy store because who doesn't like toys? Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to find a new Rubik's cube, but I walked into a toy store and. The guy goes, oh, I don't know if I should, you know, let you in here because you're a Flyers fan. And then we're in the store for, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes tops. And we're getting ready to go and leave. And the guy goes, I knew I should have kicked you out when you first came in. And I go, why? And he goes, because the Flyers are up two to one right now. And I go, hell yeah. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, it's always nice. And especially when you run into another fan because then they're like, oh, what's up? It's an instant connection. You just have that bond with the other person. And speaking of Flyers Pittsburgh, one of my favorite moments is when Giroux with The Shift, if you if you know what I'm talking about, then you can hear The Shift, and you know exactly mm-hmm. the, the 45 seconds of hockey I'm talking about, because Absolutely it was insane. amazing. Yeah. When he went, that I mean, that series itself was insane, because it was like five, six goals every single game. Um, oh, it, was, it was great, and Giroux and Voracek were just firing on all cin- cylinders, and nobody could get past uh, Couturier. Couturier, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was also the series where he had his first career hat trick. That was against uh, Pittsburgh in Game One, Two, I think. Two. It's one of them. Uh, but, which. But- if I mean his first career hat trick, but not his like, is that technically his first career hat trick? Because your playoff stats don't count for oh, against your regular true. season stats. Couturier has never scored a hat trick. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, no, but that absolutely the shift itself and that series was was pretty awesome to watch as a fan because we get to beat up on my most hated rival. I don't know about other. Uh, Philly fans because you know they they may have a different opinion about who their most hated rival is but my personal most hated rival getting to beat up on them and watching Giroux just manhandle that team going down the ice and scoring it's great beautiful it's beautiful it's poetic and that's what I like in my sports beautiful poetry and Pittsburgh losing yeah all three of those things um, that's why I love Gritty, by the way. The first thing that he did was, uh, responded to the, the Pittsburgh take, Penguin. Take a shot right at Pittsburgh. Yep. Boom. You know I love you after that. So, shout outs to Gritty right now. <clears throat> um, but what, what would be, like, another top moment for you? Maybe a little bit further back. Because, I mean, you're, you're my older brother, so you have been more of a fan for longer than I have. I remember the well going like way back, and I don't remember the end of the game because I wasn't allowed to stay up for all of it. But the five overtime game, I remember trying to stay up for 
And like after overtime won, it was bedtime and I was in elementary school. So I was like, I couldn't really argue, but waking up and seeing that they won in five overtimes, it was just, it was a pretty awesome feeling. And it, you know, kind of disappointing at the same time to be like, I really wish I could have watched all of it, but you know, be children being children. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is, but that's, that's like something that adds to, you know, the love of it, you know, you miss out on a moment like that, so you're like, well, fuck, I gotta see, you know, the the next season or the next time this happens or something like that. It always adds to the intrigue. Like, I remember probably one of the earliest memories I have is in 2007, I believe, when we went to the playoffs. We played, uh, I want to say Montreal, and then lost to the Capitals. Yes, we played, and that was, like, Carey Price's, like, one of his coming out years, and Mm -hmm. he was supposed to be the next big thing for goaltenders, and the Flyers just lit him up. Like, he had their number all regular season, but as soon as the playoffs came across, he was firing not on all cylinders, and he just couldn't handle what the Flyers were throwing at him. Yeah, that was—that's one of the the first real, like, series of games that I remember watching as a kid— and just being like, this is awesome. Like the Flyers are so great. This must be what it's like to watch this team all the time. And uh, during that series is one of the my favorite uh, fan signs I've ever seen was the Price is Wrong carry. Nice. That's a classic one. See, I don't know why signs aren't a bigger thing in like mainstream sports because you and I we're both professional wrestling fans and. Like, what you've always said is the more signs there are in the crowd for wrestling, the better wrestling usually tends to be. Absolutely. I think the better sports are supposed to be, like, there should be more signs. That just makes sense to me. I'm I'm following your logic. I get it. And you always see, like, the signs pregame where the people come down and they have them pressed against the glass. And it's either something funny or something, like, they know one of the players. Yeah. But then nobody else, like, they don't take them with them or they don't use them up in the stands or something. It just seems like the only signs you see are, it's like, it's my birthday or you sign guy. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I know you have a really big problem with sign guy. He's always, He's got, like, a duffel bag of, of signs that he brings with him. Yeah, a duffel bag of the same signs from, like, the 70s. Like, it's update a couple of well, them, sign he, guy. He, he'll have ones for, like, players. He'll have, like, oh, go Wayne Train or something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, how long has he had that one? For the seven years we've had Wayne Simmons? Like He's had that one for 32 years. How many Waynes have played hockey? I'm sure there was another one at some point in time. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, if you know you're going to be sitting on the side of the ice that has the hard cam, bring a sign. Like, it doesn't matter if the person behind you can see or not. That's not the point. I, as a fan watching from home, want to see that. Well, and you don't have to hold it up the whole game, but you know, well, yeah, there's enough stoppages. True. There's enough times where you can get a sign to be seen. Yeah, you could at least have the classic, the guy behind me can't see sign. That deserves to be everywhere. Yeah, it works everywhere. It's relevant everywhere. It's the ultimate sign. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think uh, more signs should be at, at Flyers games. Cause more signs should be at sports. Yeah, that's true. And this is another thing from professional wrestling that I was telling. Uh, I think it was our dad. Um, but I was telling him that 
I I think going to wrestling is really fun only because you get to chant things and it'll be, you know, something like fuck you and then say the guy's name or like this guy sucks or if something's, you know, funny that said they'll chant that back or whatever. And all you get at like at least Flyers games is let's go Flyers. It's always so like white meat run of the mill. This is a boring chant. I want something fun. Like that's why I think Nashville is so much fun cuz you go to the game and you as a fan, you get to have fun even if the team sucks. I mean, the team's good, but well, a lot of that fan interaction from Nashville comes from the people running the the jumbotron and the whoever is in charge of the stadium uh, right. speakers and everything. Because it's all, like, they start it, and then the fans will pick up on everything after, like, whatever clip is on the Jumbotron that triggers, you know, chant A. Right. And so the Flyers need to get something more on board with fan interaction. Because if they're not going to be really paying attention or having any enjoyment with the game, you need to give them something to... Yeah to do out there well that's why i thought it was really fun another memory that i have is going to some of the games that the the sons of ben were at the uh the philadelphia union fan base because they went and they you know cheered the whole time and they had their own chants and songs and they made that experience of the game way more fun based on the fact that they're having fun they're doing something i'm having fun I'm doing something. Well, then you're doing something that's easy enough for everyone else to join in, too. Absolutely. Like, at the at the home opener that we went to, I just wanted to get the chant going of, let's get gritty. That's funny. That's relevant. And, you know, like, who doesn't want to get gritty? So, I, I just thought it was so annoying when a, a fan behind me goes, shut up. We're saying, let's go Flyers. I... What's with the negativity, man? I'm just trying to start a fun new chant. Yeah. Let's go Flyers obviously was not working that night. Well, the Flyers need to get going before they need to be chanted for. Um, which is why they got to start getting gritty. Hey, just and speak, you know, favorite memories of the past, the Flyers and Ottawa fight. Oh, just where they set the record for penalty minutes. Oh, man. And seeing the game this season against Ottawa where they came out and they were just rumbling for most of the game, I just thought, you know, if they're not going to be playing well or they're not going to be scoring or they're going to be letting in these points, they should at least be doing this. Be the bullies again. Well, I don't want to say all the way. Don't go full bully. No, go full bully. I'm 100% in the vein. Go full bully. Start beating the shit out of some people. I mean, like like a fun schoolyard bully. Not- no, 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 no. Like a fun, angry, like high school bully. Oh no! Yeah, not that kind of like shove some nerds into their locker and let them know who's boss. Well, I yeah, you know what? I guess I gotta agree with that. Boom! So that's what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna start the petition today to officially uh, get gritty with the Flyers, bring back the Broad Street Bullies. Which is, that's something I wish I grew up watching. Uh, I, that would have been great. Just to to see, at least, I mean, I've seen videos of it, but the game against Russia, to watch that live, I think, would have been one of the most exciting things for a Flyers fan. I know if I was in the sands, I would be losing my mind seeing the Russians walk out of the stadium. 
That would be so funny to me. Oh, it would have been great. Because they're supposed, supposedly the best team in the world, and we made them quit. Absolutely. Like, we're too tough. Get at us. Yeah. The neutral zone trap's not going to work rusky. <laughs> well, not not just, like, the the Russian game, but also we, we also would have seen the Stanley Cups. The uh, the thing that for some reason every other NHL fan base loves to hold against us is yeah you won back to back Stanley Cups thirty years ago and it's like okay but we we did do that that's still pretty cool that's true but does it really count for when like if a Maple Leafs fan is gonna hold over how many Stanley Cups they have like yeah you played when there were sixteen how many times did you win when all of the teams made the playoffs and Right. Like, you know, it was one game away. We were one series away from the Stanley Cup every year. That's why I appreciate that Montreal fans aren't like the Yankees fans of hockey, where they're like, hey, we have got, you know, 13 Stanley Cups or whatever the number is. Like, I never hear Montreal fans say anything remotely negative. Well, they're Canadian. That's so. true. But, I mean, Ottawa, we fought them. Yeah, but, I mean,. Of as far as Canada goes, you have you know like seven choices of cities to live in, and you you're in Ottawa. Yeah, that's true. And then there's after that, I believe it's all Eskimos. Mostly. Yeah, there's seven cities, and then just Eskimos everywhere. And bears, but and some bears. There are some bears. Like a lot of bears. Only a few. There, well, yes. Okay. See, I'm right. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, I think that would have been one of the coolest times to, to be a Flyers fan. And I work with a lady who, uh, I, d I don't know how old she is and I don't mean this in a mean way, but she's old. Um, and, and she was telling me about, uh, how great it was to be a fan at that time and how nice it was. And the thing I've been saying all season is, do you think the Flyers kind of blew their load with... Bernie Perrant getting, you know, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time right away. And, you know, now we're kind of cursed with goaltenders. And I, I wouldn't say that we're, they blew their load. I might say we're cursed because we don't have good luck. Well, that's the thing is like we, we got Bernie Perrant right away. And then the next heir to that was Pele Lindbergh. And he was supposed to be like really good. I've never seen him play, but... If only Uber existed in the 90s, none yeah. of that would have ever happened. R.I.P. to our boy, but, uh, you know, we... Big shout-out to Uber, too. Yeah, shout-out to Uber. Drive safe, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but also, like, after that, then we had, like, nobodies, and then Ron Hextall. Um, and Ron Hextall was good in a different way. Well, he was a good goalie, but they had a really good defense in front of him, and he it was in well, and it was in an era when the it was not about goaltending. Yeah, goaltending now is much more important than it has been almost ever before. That's true because now they're they're at a point when they hyper you know down to the inch of how tall your pads can be and you know how big your glove can be and things like that. Yeah, well, I mean you. 
they needed to regulate it when you're when you're out there with leg pads that are coming up to your nipples. It's hey, guy, come on now. What's the problem with that? Because you can just you know block out the whole bottom part of the goal. I think they should just make butterfly goalies illegal. Go back to all stand up goalies. That would be really interesting to see with like the Connor McDavid's and. Sidney Crosby's in the world today. I know, it would be great. And Games would be 10,000 to 2,000. Well, and because I think goalies in general are more athletic, I think they would be more, you know, they wouldn't be as awful. They're still athletic enough to make a save. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But when you got dangles like they got dangles. Just go out there and check them, Ron Hextall style. We should go back to that era. But see, that was the thing that always, you know, got me really excited about Ron Hextall coming back. It was like, I loved him as a player. He was awesome. Yeah, I loved him as a GM in L.A. Well, assistant <laughs> GM. Yeah, that's true. Well, I liked him when he first started being the GM. I still don't hate him. I think you need to give him some time still. But you, you he needs to... Do things. Yeah, need to make some stuff happen. Yeah. Um, Not having... Uh, Snyder is really hurting this team. Yeah, we lost our heart and soul. But, like I said, we're not going to be negative today. Stop putting me on the feels train. Uh, but uh, I do I do know there's one story that I keep hearing about Ron Hextall, which is during the Senators fight. Um, or not the Senators, who was it? It was before the game. They were doing the thing where they're just, you know, shooting the puck, whatever, and the last guy on the ice was going to shoot it at the the flyer's net. But the flyers were like, okay, well, we're just going to shoot it at your net. And then they kind of started, like, mouthing off to each other. There was a big brawl right before the game. And Ron Hextall was, uh, the story goes that he was in the, uh, like, equipment room with the trainers, like, getting everything ready for the game. And his trainer locked him in the equipment room and said, you can't go out there, Ron. We need you tonight. (laughs) So he wasn't even part of the fight, but everyone else got cleared out of the locker room to go start this fight before the game even started. I don't remember that at all. That's awesome. Which is my favorite Ron Hextall moment. That's awesome. And uh, him... I, absolutely destroying uh, chris chelios i was gonna say just chasing chelios yeah. like into the corner awesome which the two of them are cool like they've are they? i heard like an interview with hextall and somebody asked him about it and he goes ah that was yeah it was in game but he's one of the best ever and we have like this respect for each other but man i did not like playing against him you know what that's great to hear leave it out on the ice i think that's most hockey players in general have like if you know Giroux hates crosby when their careers are done, I think they'll be friendly for the most part with each other. I think they'll be friendly because Crosby will be like, yeah, I mean, I was probably like the, the golden child of the NHL, but you were keeping pace with me and no one was paying attention to it. So like Crosby seems like the kind of guy who would give props to the people who deserve it. Yeah, he seems like a prick too. But Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's, that's besides the point. It's it's all in that face. He's got that like little mousy uh, face. He does have a hateable face. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he like came into the league and just all the shit that he started like with the diving and the acting right right when you come in, it's like come on, like it earned some of it at least. You're still a rookie. Yeah. It uh it it was a little rough, 
And now it's kind of annoying to see Connor McDavid in that spot as like, this is the guy that the NHL thinks is, you know, the end-all be-all. It's like, okay, I know he's great, but like, you can calm down about it. Yeah, well, watch another highlight video featuring him because that's what the NHL puts out. That's all it is anymore. It's him and Austin Matthews, and then they'll be like, oh, there's some other goal. But every time they have something for Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid, it's always like, isn't this the greatest goal that you've ever seen when you've got dangles like Connor, you know, Connor McGregor, McDavid, whatever, you know, you, you don't even need a team around you. And it's like, yeah, I mean, so when's that Stanley Cup going to happen? Yeah. But the worst part is when you watch it, you're like, God damn it, that was fucking dirty. Well, yeah, but we don't talk about that. Well, sh- shut up then. Um, yeah, but see, that's one thing that, again, I can be very happy and thankful of for the Flyers is that I still know, even with the team we have right now, we probably still have more of a chance of winning a cup than Edmonton, even with Connor McDavid. Yeah, well, I don't, we'll see how much longer McDavid's going to stay in Edmonton, you know, once his contract is up. Yeah, that's, that's got to be rough for Edmonton to be like, hey, we drafted the best in the world. Wait, where'd you go? Yeah. Plus, you got to live in Edmonton. Ooh, yeah, that's a little rough, too. To quote my boy Briskalov, yeah, why you have to be mad? So it's minus 32, Edmonton. <laughs> oh, Briskalov, he's still signed with us, right? Uh, well, I'm not, not signed, just being paid. Being paid. Well, no, because we we uh we signed him to like a entry level contract or something like that uh last season when we had like no goalies going into the playoffs. Did they? Yeah. I don't remember that either. Huh. Yeah, and then he showed up to a few of the games like not in uniform. He was just at the stadium. Yeah, like he paid for tickets. And yeah. Went. Well, he lives in the area still. Like, does he? Yeah, he coaches his kids like teams around here. What a guy! That's awesome. I think that's a testament to you know philadelphia in general you can you can pay a person to not play for us anymore and he's like yeah but this place is awesome so i'll stay around see that's what i don't get everyone always wants to talk shit about philadelphia as a whole we're obviously doing something great for the people that actually play for us and we crucify them yeah we are not nice yeah like we know we're not nice to you guys but who gives a fuck about what the other teams think but like we're not nice to our own players. And they're like, this is the greatest city I've ever played in. I love this oh, city. Love I love here. the fans. We're doing something right. I think they know that we just hold them to a higher standard. We don't let anything go. Yeah, absolutely. Just because you're Claude Giroux and you scored the second most points in the NHL and got snubbed for the MVP award. Still salty. St- yeah. We're still going to be like, hey maybe you shoot the puck a little bit more because you're a lot better than that than, you know, a lot of other players on this team. Yeah, it's it's something that it, across all sports, players have said that they, they love playing here and that if, you know, when they're recruiting people to play in Philadelphia, they say, you're going to love it here. The fans are great. But playing against us is nobody really likes doing that yeah a lot of teams i think when they're on the road trips will play a game away like play in philadelphia and then they'll stay the night after the game and travel in the morning 
where a lot of teams, well, I mean, in other cities they do that. In Philadelphia, a lot of teams come, they play the game, then they leave the city and get to wherever they're going that night. That's awesome. I remember watching a TSN, like, top 10 video of, like, top 10 places that players hated playing in um, in terms of, like, playing for the away team at someone else's stadium. And on the list, both the Spectrum and the uh, the um, Wachovia Center were on there. Oh, yeah, it was the top 10 toughest, like, stadiums to play mm-hmm. in. And the only Montreal with the old Forum and now yeah. the Bell Center was the only other city to have two. Yeah. So that's, you know some rarefied company but a lot of people were like yeah like they're just you know in the spectrum they were right on top of you so it yeah it was you know a huge presence that you know they brought whenever you were in that stadium and then with the uh the center they were just like those fans they just like they kind of get in your head a little bit because they're they're loud they're mean and they'll let you know it yeah which is something that I love about us as fans is like, yeah, we're we're good enough as not players to still get in the players' heads. Oh. We're mean, we're tough, and we know it. That's true, and it's a shame that when they're not playing well, that that kind of ultimate home ice advantage gets lost to the wayside. Yeah, but once again. We're going to talk about the positives today, and that is what we did. We talked about a few of our favorite moments, talked about why it's so great to be a Philadelphia Flyers fan, a Philadelphia fan in general, and I mean, there's not really much else I can ask for besides maybe a better future for this team. If the guys start playing a little bit better, if they start digging down deep, uh Hopefully they can make a pretty good push for the playoffs, into the playoffs, and, uh, you know, wherever we end up getting. I'm just hoping for the good, because I'm tired of the negative. I'm so tired of hearing people talk shit about this team. But, for now, I've been Dr. PhD. This has been... Kevin Haley. Kevin Haley. I I need a name. Yeah. I don't know. Well, at, we'll come up with something. At some point, everyone's going to think <laughs> of one. Um... But this has been the Orange Line. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to argue with me on Twitter or tell me something about the Flyers, hit me up at at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D. Um, do, do you want to plug anything? I will throw my Twitter out there, at HaleyCricket17. All right, HaleyCricket17, Dr. PhD. This has been the Orange Line, and I will see you later.